Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. It's powered by Blue Wire Podcast, and I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, earlier today, rumors start flying that a decision from Aaron Rodgers, that the Packers are expecting a decision from Aaron Rodgers, like imminent, like any time now, and that we also learned Teams haven't just been resting on their laurels. Like they've been throwing trade offers at the Packers while Brian Gutekunst and company await Rogers' decision. Tell everybody what you learned breaking down that story for us. Yeah, it's live right now on the website. But uh, Diana Rossini, who works for ESPN, um, she reported on Twitter earlier today that his choice isn't to come down soon, but it comes down down or it will come down amid multiple teams that have offers on the table for Aaron Rodgers. She didn't specify who we can pretty much assume Denver's in there somewhere. Um, but she also reminded that nothing can happen until the Green Bay Packers allow a trade. And based on what we're hearing, Chad, the last couple of days, Brian Gutekunst is getting desperate to resign Aaron. He's cleared $14 million in salary cap space. Because Rossini confirmed that Rodgers wants to be the highest paid player in NFL history, surpassing Patrick Mahomes. We're talking $50 million per year. It's stupid money, but that's what Aaron wants. So uh, the Packers are trying to acquiesce to that, trying to get under the salary cap to make that happen. And I think that's where it's leaning right now. But I like what Rossini said later on the Rich Eisen show. The teams that I've spoken to that want him have been working toward putting this together to make it work for Green Bay. And Rich Eisen brought up the Broncos specifically, and he said, do they have the salary cap to make it happen? And she talked non-specifically, but she said, essentially, if you want to make it happen, you will make it happen. She's talked to teams not even in the race, and they said they will do whatever it takes. Like she um intimated cutting players restructuring players doing anything and everything you can to bring aboard Aaron so if the I feel like if he does get out of Green Bay he's a Bronco guaranteed but there are multiple teams putting in bids for Aaron so it's a quite the competitive market um, and it's coming down within a week or so according to Rasidi some new information in that report um, the thing that's kind of sticking to me is this he wants to be the highest paid player in the NFL. And if you're Aaron Rodgers and the team that you've played your entire career with, what is it? 18 years? Has it been 18 years? Five through, I don't know. Maybe he's going into 18. Either way. Uh, if they're the ones willing to make you that highest paid guy ever. I mean, I don't know if that's a gift horse. You, you look in the mouth, but we just, we're really no closer than we were yesterday. Other than, you know, more, 
context surrounding maybe some of his thinking and whatnot, but the dude needs to make a decision ASAP. And before I get your take on that real quick, Zach, guys, we're stoked. Episode two of the superstar segments tonight. We've got the God King, Mark Langley in the house with us. We're going to bring him on in just a moment, but Zach, he wants that dollar dollar bills. Does Aaron Rodgers? I remember everyone yelling at me last year, telling me it's not about the money with Aaron Rodgers. Yes, it always was because with the money comes the title. He wants the richest player in NFL history title. It's one of the few things he doesn't already have. And he's a very, I'm not going to say self-centered, but self-absorbed to some extent person. So he wants 45 to 50. It's looking like 50 right now. The Green Bay Packers would be willing to offer, but they don't know what he wants to do. He has, he has three choices on the table. Stay in Green Bay, demand a trade, retire. It's looking like door number one is the one he's going to go through for one more year. Let's say some quick hellos to a few people, to everybody, in fact, in the chat uh, with us live. It's great to see you. Appreciate you being with us. Um, Rob Buxbaum, Buxbaum saying thank you for the super. He says, if no Rodgers, Russell Wilson, or Kirk Cousins, keep lock, sign a cheap veteran like a Mariota and draft a offensive tackle, linebacker, or corner in the first two rounds to build for 2023. Thoughts? Zach, you know what? What better segue than now to – Let's get Mark's take on this. We'll share our thoughts, by the way. Thank you, Josh. You're you're a freaking stud. Let's see what Mark Langley has to say about these very issues. Mark, first and foremost, though, how are you doing, my friend? It's been a while. We have missed you. Uh, we've been looking forward to this. Thanks for making time for us. Well, appreciate you having me, Chad and Zach, as is always. This, is this number three? This is the third mm -hmm. appearance for Mark Langley, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was probably the last one, too, so – no, I'm uh -oh. just messing with you. Guys. No, no, I'm just messing with you guys. No, I do want to apologize before I get anything that I, I'm sorry that I haven't been on. There's a lot of things going on right now. Um, but I appreciate you, uh, Chad, reaching out to me today, man. That means a lot. It does. Of course, big dog. So, what do you want to see? There's a lot of different issues. Like this isn't because it's not Mark's first time on the show. We're not going to go through the what made you a fan, who's your Mount Rushmore. We're not, we, we've we've uh, swam those waters. So let's talk some current events. Let's talk some current issues here. And back to that super chat, what do you want to see the Broncos do if no Russ, if no Wills, or uh, uh, Rogers, if no Cousins? Are you down to go with Drew Locke, or do you want to see him go for a Mariota, uh, go draft a guy? What's your ideal situation in the event that high-priced, franchise-proven guy Guess what? They stay with their current team. Um, I like what Hackett's going to bring to the table, the West Coast style offense. Um, and then uh, the coaching staff itself, what I want to see is grasp the mental aspect of I think this is his partake. Um, we know how we feel about Pat Schumer. If the shoe fits where, you know where he's at. So, the, the, the bottom line is um, I I like where he stands. He's already a veteran, dude. He's already a veteran. I looked at the quarterback class. I did my own research when I have time. And the only one kind of sticks out is, is Pickett, maybe Willis, but it just – I don't know, man. It, I just – I really want to see this kid excel, but if does it have to be contract year? Can Hackett bring it? bring the best out of him. Like he said, I think he can bring the best out of him. It's this offensive scheme is to his strengths. Schumer didn't do that. Schumer came in. They already got, you know why they got it out on the field last year? Because, you know, 
Locke is like, man, dude, I'm tired of learning. This is old. This is old. This is not, you're not playing to my strengths. That's what was going on. And, and, and everybody can read between the lines. And Schumer was like, look, man, that's why my last name is Shu, And you're fixing to wear it. It's my offense. I make the calls. And you're going to go what I say. Oh, really? Teddy, come on in. You heard the coach, man. You better go on on, homie. <laughs> yeah, that's, so that's what happened, man. But I, I'm looking forward to Hackett. I think it lock. I mean, if Rodgers goes back, and, and, and I agree with Zach, money talks, man. Money talks. It's all about – I'm looking 55 million. How about that? That's what I told – Yeah, For, for I, Aaron Rodgers, you mean? 39-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, 39-year-old Aaron, you want to give him half I guarantee a hundo, huh? I guarantee he's not going to sign for 50. He's not going to sign for 50. I guarantee you it's probably going to be 50-plus. I would say up to 55, but, dude, three years? Oh, yeah, he's going to be the highest-paid quarterback, man. I don't. I think at this time in his career, I think he really doesn't care about a Super Bowl. Now, what I did catch on this, Devontae Adams, I was reading on Bleacher Report that they might decide to let him test the free agent market. So I don't know. Now that might rub him the wrong way. I don't know. It's it's up to A Rod, but he needs to make a decision, man. I mean, the dude's a hippie, man. Cut the hair, please. <laughs> He's like, yeah, bro. I'm like, I know it's sensitive to a lot of people out there. They want me to make a decision, but wait a minute. All right, all right. I'm messing with you, but that's that. That's my take on it, man. Let's turn the page, Zach. Uh, your thoughts for Mark. Well, I just, I just, I just want to say, regardless, to, speaking to the question, they need to draft a tackle and a linebacker, regardless of Aaron Rodgers, regardless of what draft picks they have. Those positions are the priorities. That's where the resources should go: is getting a permanent, long-term right tackle, getting an edge rusher to work opposite Bradley Chubb or to replace Bradley Chubb, and uh, an inside linebacker, safety. There, there are needs throughout the roster and needs they have to address, regardless. But. Again, I've, I'll say it until Aaron makes his decision and cuts his hair to Mark's point and, and the, the Broncos go forward. If you have to roll with Drew Locke as your backup plan, fine. It, it's, it's one thing to swing for the fences and go for Aaron, but if it's not feasible, you might want to run it back with the younger quarterback. It's why you hired the new coaching staff and the young coaching staff like you did in Hackett and Allen. Mark, let me ask you something real quick. Yes, when sir. the Broncos were interviewing 10 different candidates – who did you who were you pining for? And then once the hire was made, it's Nathaniel Hackett. How do you feel about that hire? I love the hire, man. I like this guy. He came in and bald is beautiful. I don't care what anybody says. He came in and he just told he just, <laughs> yes, sir. Right here. Bald is beautiful, brother. Sand lost my favorite movie, man. You're killing me, smalls. But anyway, get back to what I was saying. Uh oh, I like the guy. He he brings a lot of energy, and that's something that we need. And just go back to Zach's point. This uh, we all I don't know miss what it that at all. right exactly. I don't miss it at all. Good riddance to him. But um, I like the ten candidates. There's one player that I would like. I think it would make a dent in the defense, and that'll be Nicobe Dean. Now he's available at nine, bro. I'm all yes, for it. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Hey, hey, and but. Man, I'm telling you, bro, he he's good. I mean, I saw the tape on him. You know, and, and like I said, man, he really went out of his way. He wanted a national title. Go dogs, go Braves. It's been a beautiful year in Georgia. It, it really has, man. But go Broncos. It's my it's my home. All right, Zach, we got time for one more question. What do you got for Mark? What, what is your expectation, Mark? I, I mean, 
obviously I, I can assume you're a fan of George Payton. You know, I know you're a fan now, Nathaniel yes. Hackett. You like yeah. the direction the Broncos are trending. Yes. Give me is for Mark Langley. You know, we talk all the time as Chad Jensen, Zach Kelberman, Scott Kennedy, et cetera, et cetera. Like our expectations for a winning season, meeting the Pat Bowlen standard. Realistically, let's assume they don't get Aaron. Let's assume he stays in Green Bay just to keep with realism. What would be a successful season? Like, what is your expectation for the Broncos? Is it a winning record? Is it a playoff berth? If you if you swing bigger, if you do land an upgrade, let's say like a Kirk Cousins, do you go for a division title? What what are you looking for out of the Broncos in twenty twenty two? Well, a you have to get through the division, and that's the Chiefs. Okay, and B, why not roll with Drew Locke? Really, I mean, what do we got to lose, man? I mean, I'll be happy we go ten and seven, ten ten and seven, man, and to get a playoff berth. You know what I mean? But like I said, I. I know we've get. I know we've knocked him down, and we've supported him. And you got your non-supporters, you got your biased people, whatever. But I think this kid, if everything else fails, if we don't get a Kirk Cousins, I'm sorry, man. Uh, you know, I'm not sold on the guy because we tried this before, and I didn't like it. Do you like it? No, I didn't like it because he can stay where <laughs> you know he can stay where he's at, dude. Because he hasn't proved anything in Minnesota. Uh, but I, I will, I'm going to stick with Locke. I mean, uh, for right now. Now, if they bring somebody better, that's proven, right? Mariota, I don't, you know, he's, he, yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not impressed. But I mean, Locke just is, he's already a Bronco, dude. He's already a veteran. Right. Run the kid through this offense. Take the time. Let him do his thing, man. Play to his strengths because we, they haven't played to his strengths, man. Vic didn't like him. We also, uh, oh, it's Teddy's birthday today. Yeah, so it's Drew's. Oh, oh yeah, Drew. Drew. Yeah, come on, man. What a douche. And, you know, I mean, you know, straight down that pipeline. You know, it's just the way it is, man. But, no, but that's my that's my sums up. I won't take any more of your time, but that's just the way it is, man. I, I think we should roll with Drew. I think Hackett can bring the best out of him. And I think we need to save our money. We need to bring – we need to get a right tackle. We need to get a linebacker. We need to replace Vaughn. Bradley Chubb, I like the guy, but, guys, can he stay healthy? No. I mean, he's having a problem with that, you know. I mean, it's you know, good. Come on, man! You, know? you crack me up, bro. I'm serious, man. You're a you're you're a cult of personality. The chat loves you. We love you. We but love we you gotta, too. I love you too, guys. We got to uh, cut you loose for tonight. Okay. So thank you for making Thanks, some bud. time for us. I would tell people how to connect with you and follow no, you on Twitter, but you be- continue to just say up yours Twitter. Yeah, and you're doing your own thing. That's yeah. right. <laughs> because you're smart, so. Mark. Have you, ever seen a, have you ever seen a middle finger that's got a lot of hair? That's a big middle finger. Right <laughs> no, I'm messing with you guys. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but All good right, to bro. see you guys again. It's man. great to Thank see you. you. Thanks, we'll uh, look forward to talking to you again very, very soon. Love you. Thanks for everything Love you, you too, do. big guy. Love All you right. too, guys. You guys we'll rock talk. and keep doing it. The we'll God came soon, for man. a reason. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Mark Langley, there he goes. Always. I mean, I, once he opens his mouth, I can't go 30 seconds without cracking up. Like, he just cracks me up. You know, sometimes he uh, he pushes the envelope a little bit, but we are kind of pushing the envelope type guys, all right? We keep this podcast very clean, very family-friendly, but we, we dig uh, a little raunchy humor a little. And by the way, the impersonations this cat's got under his uh, in his pocket, at the drop of a hat, he can impersonate Pat Shermer, can impersonate <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater, who else? I mean, I'm, I've already lost track of the number of impersonations just on tonight's stream from Mark Langley. 
I'm just happy he didn't impersonate Aaron Rodgers on a 12-day cleanse. That would have been <laughs> not, the, <laughs> not the cleanest podcast in the world. But Mark is, is you know, I, I want to thank Mark on camera. We thanked him off camera for all he's done, all his support, all his generosity. You are the best, Mark. And uh, you, you bring so much levity, so much humor, and a lot of, I think, common sense to the uh, to the conversation. So that's right. Thank you, Mark. And, uh, Michael, appreciate you, big dog. You're awesome. Also, Mark, gave our best to uh, – Give our best to Penny, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Naj, in the house. What's going on, Naj? Appreciate you, my friend. He says, hey, brothers. And by the way, Naj, we need to get you on the show too, bro. Send me uh, a Wednesday. I've got Michaela scheduled in March on the 23rd. So we can do the 9th. Or pardon me. Yeah, the 23rd. We can do the 16th or the 30th. Let me know. Appreciate you. Hey, brothers, hope all is well. Say Aaron Rodgers doesn't happen or any other top rumored quarterback. Realistically, who is the quarterback that you see as the best fit for this coaching staff? So this is an interesting question because we've we've gotten similar questions, but it's all about who will it be, not necessarily who would be the best fit that is within – that's attainable, right? It has to be something that can avail the Broncos. So what's your answer for him? Are we assuming this means a free agent quarter, like a veteran quarterback that you're signing or trading for? Or is it a rookie? I, I just, I, you know, it's obvious with Rodgers or Wilson because they're such good quarterbacks, they fit any scheme. I feel like what Hackett wants to do is what the new age approach to the NFL is. You have to have a quarterback. I talked about it yesterday that can do things outside of the pocket. Even Aaron at age 38 going into age 39, he can still maneuver around. He has incredible arm talent, but just that pocket presence and that maneuverability, you have to have a toolsy quarterback. So in that sense, would Jameis maybe make some sense as a free agent, as a, a, a stopgap? Would Malik Willis as a rookie quarterback make sense for the Broncos? Ma Marcus Mariota, I, I don't know. I feel like he only looked good because he was a backup and he came into a game in a very limited amount of action, so a low bar to set for him. I feel like... Um, just a dual threat quarterback is something that Hackett wants to do. Obviously, Aaron's a unicorn. You can't have every Aaron Rodgers come out every year or be available, but I feel like a, a quarterback that can make some plays with his legs and his arm as well. Well, we know it's going to be West Coast, all right, West Coast offense, and more in the vein of what Bronco fans remember from the Shanahan. Oh, man, the God King dropping That's a super <laughs> from the top rope. After he helps create the content, now he's helping to support the content. This dude, this is why he's a Mount Rushmore super chat superstar and a good friend of ours. He's not, you know, I talk to Mark all the time, actually. We talk on the phone. We text. He's a he's a good buddy. And uh, thank you, bro. It was great. You, you brightened up the room, entertained us. Always entertaining, Mark Langley. Thank you, bro. Seriously, that's very generous of you. This is why, you know, the God King is a big name to live up to, big reputation to live up to, and Mark, just every single day. It's it's incredible. Thank you. We're very fortunate to have crossed paths with you, my friend, and uh, we look forward to meeting you in the flesh in the not-so-distant future. Um, West Coast offense that Hackett likes, it's very similar to the Shanahan one that Bronco fans can remember for 14 years or however long it was. But this one's going to prioritize vertical shots. You're going to need some athleticism. And you're going to need some presence of mind, some, 
I don't know what's actually, that's just the best way to put it. A guy that knows when he can push the ball vertically and push the envelope and a guy that knows when, all right, live to fight another down, take the sack, throw it away, whatever. <clears throat> you hope that Drew Locke has over time started to kind of figure out, even though that's a very fine line, it's a razor's edge with the number of reps he's had in the league as far as starts. You would expect that he started to kind of divine that. And the last three games he played, or started, I should say, kind of showed that. You know, he was obviously the most important thing that had been drilled into Drew's head in those final three starts, Zach, was don't turn the freaking ball over, and he did. Yeah. Um, but back to the answer for Naj, my, my answer is, barring Aaron Rodgers, anyone that's currently available to the Broncos, Drew Locke probably is your best fit for this scheme. For 2022 – now, there are some quarterback options in the draft, um, none of whom I think immediately step in and give you a day one upgrade on Drew in this offense. I can actually, the more I sit here talking about it, Zach, I can get myself actually quite excited about the prospect of seeing Drew in Hackett's offense. I'm going to give two quarterbacks, one I do not want and one that's kind of intriguing in a dark horse kind of way. Tyler Huntley from Baltimore. When he filled in for Lamar Jackson this year, he looked a lot like Lamar Jackson. He he. Took care of the football. He has dual threat ability. I, I don't know if he's available or whatever, but uh, that's one guy I, I really like a lot. The guy I do not want is Aaron Rodgers' backup right now, who apparently the Packers wouldn't trade because they can't get anything for him, including a bag of Doritos, and that's Jordan Love. Uh, it, you know, I know Nathaniel Hackett just announced and the connection there, but uh, he's a bust with a capital B as far as I'm concerned, and I just want the Broncos to go nowhere near that guy. I agree on that front, although I'm I'm a little bit – less uh sure that he's a bust he hasn't been able to show much yet in green bay but we shall see he's not a, he's, he shouldn't be viewed as any kind of legitimate option or even an upgrade over drew like if you're looking to upgrade the position in 2022 there are proven commodities out there zach better than drew lock but they're all under contract with the with their respective teams I mean, we've gone through and shown you guys. By the way, Marcus Lewis, Hannah across the pond. Great to see you, bro. Thank you for the support. Much love. We've shown you guys the list of soon-to-be free agent quarterbacks 2022. And when Jameis Winston is the marquee name on that list, I don't know, man. That's why I'm telling you, Zach. Obviously, once the dot first domino falls and, and the Broncos know what's going on with Rodgers, um, they're going to have to throw themselves – headlong into the draft process to rule out or discover which of any of these quarterbacks can fit and, and give them that short and long-term upgrade at quarterback. But at this point, I'm not convinced there's a better one in the class than Drew in the immediate future. Now, maybe there's a guy there with upside in the long-term that could be better than Drew, but in terms of making some hay right now while the sun's a shining, I'm not sure of that. And Travis, thank you for that super chat, bro. Will we survive until the draft considering – I'm not sure what you mean, bro. I don't know either, but about Jordan Love, I'll eat some crow happily if I'm wrong, but sometimes I feel like you can just tell. You just have that feeling. Same feeling you have with Paxton Lynch. You just knew pretty much off the bat that he wasn't going to live up to his billing. That's the feeling I get from Jordan Love. So, you know, I, I see a comment also as well, you know, talking about why we're mentioning Drew Locke so much from Guillermo here. He's the only Broncos quarterback under contract for the next season. It's February 24th. There's nothing else going on. When we're asked about a Broncos quarterback or Broncos quarterback scenarios, we're not going to avoid Drew Locke for the sake of avoiding him. I mean, it's just part of the uh, the calendar right now. It's I don't get the criticism, honestly. 
Yeah, I mean, look, it's Drew Locke. I mean, stop talking about Drew Locke. Okay, I guess we just turn off the cameras because we don't talk about the Broncos anymore. What's the most important thing plaguing the Broncos? Quality quarterback play. Who's the only quarterback they have under contract? Drew Locke. I mean, come on, dude. Alfonso, what's good? Another new name on Super Chat. Welcome. Thank you. Connect on Twitter. How do you feel, says Alfonso, about tanking for Bryce Young in 23? Well, first of all, I'm not down for tanking. And NFL teams, I don't believe, uh, tank. We know uh, Dolphins tried to tank, but Brian Flores, according to him anyway. Allegedly. uh, Allegedly put a stop to that. But uh, Bryce Young, very exciting, obviously, Zach. But uh, it's so far down the the path right now, it's hard to kind of even – Think about it just because 2022 is a big old fish. The Broncos have to fry first. If you can win seven games with Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer, and Teddy Bridgewater, and Drew Locke for that matter, this roster is too good to tank. I mean, you can have any, you can bring Teddy back if you want. You can wheel out Joe Flacco, the corpse of him, if you want. Uh, This roster can win eight games on its own, considering how strong they are. The fact they have a better coaching staff now is going to add a couple wins by default. So I, I wouldn't hold my breath for tanking. For Bryce Young. By the way, this is actually not a bad idea, Lawrence. He says you should do 10-minute shows instead of raffling jerseys for the prize on Facebook. I'd be down. Okay. And by the way, yeah, it has been a minute. Hope you've been well, bro. Um, Albert is teasing us here. He's coming on the show on the 9th of March. He's got a surprise. Okay. We are intrigued. Uh, can't wait. He's uh, Here's Steve F. Armstrong, the Mile Highlander. Okay, he says, and remember, guys, when it comes to the Mile Highlander, there can be only one. Steve says, just checking in since I've been busy with work and crazy weather here in Texas. Keep up the great work, Priest. Hashtag state of being. Don't ever F with Broncos country. Appreciate that, my friend. Appreciate that, Steve. Good to see you. Yeah, Steve's always great. He's uh, DMing us, wishing us, you know, uh, a good show and talking about, you know, in support of the show. So thank you, Steve, so much. Hope you're having a good day. By the way, hopefully you guys have seen the movie Highlander, right? I mean, the Kurgan. Let's go. Uh, Lawrence, who's the best all-around sports guy in the draft? Someone who plays like a beast in baseball or basketball as well as football. Those are usually the real sports players if they are well or good at more than one. There's a few guys that fit that bill, but... I don't know. I want I want to see the guys that are good at football. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Exactly. That's what I'm focused on. But I feel like who's the athlete? Who's the Julius Thomas? Julius was a great basketball player that transitioned to, to football at Portland State. I mean, you know, outside of those tight ends that you've heard now, the, the Antonio Gates story now, Zach, is like a dime a dozen in the league. I mean, even, even uh, well, Julius Thomas uh, – was Jimmy Graham a basketball guy that was convinced to go play footy ball? Yeah. What about um, Darren Waller? Wasn't he a basketball guy too? Am I, or am I uh, confused? I don't know. Either way. Um, appreciate you, Lawrence. But, yeah, let's find the guys that are best at playing football and go from there. Who was the guy that, like, famously jumped out of a pool and everyone raved about his – he was a defensive guy, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember who is. I don't know, but like that's my my point is I don't care if he can do that. I don't care like about anything else, but oh, if he can play was, football, that was that was Tristan Wirfs. He of the uh, no, no, no no no. Well, it says well. Hold on, hold on. 
Maybe yeah, I mean, sure. it's not the first time anyone ever did it, but like he he was probably like 10, 12, 15 years ago. Yeah, there's video on YouTube of Worfs doing a quote insane pool jump, straight jumping out of the pool from like three the kitty section. Like he's a unicorn feet. though, as far he as a, a tackle goes. Like no he's doubt. crazy. It'll be interesting to see how he does, how his career arc continues to take shape, though, Zach, with Tom Brady no longer the quarterback in Tampa. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Dave Millage, what's going on, Dave? Up north of the 49th parallel, proving Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being, baby. Dave says, and thank you, Dave, some great ideas flying around with lots to unfold. Love the positive energy here in the huddle. Let's keep it up. My best to everyone. Let's see what our new staff puts together. Cheers. See cheers, D and BC. See cheers, D and BC. I'm not sure about the syntax on that last part there, but Dave, you're a prince. Jerron Gilbert. I just Jerron Googled it. Gilbert. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, how'd that work out for him? Yeah. Not too well. Yeah. Um, okay. Let me see here. There's a couple articles that uh, the dudes published recently. I want to get your thoughts on here. Um, Thank you, Phil. Phil, you're awesome. You're seriously awesome. Uh, here it is. I want to run through a couple of these names with you. So Bob Morris at Mile High Huddle does a great job. All things salary cap. He's a great, he's, he's good at analytics side of analysis as a football journalist. Uh, but he really, really shines with the cap and he shines with free agency and previewing that because, you know, finding the right, the guys who are available, looking at what they've made financially in the past, how that could maybe fit in Denver scheme wise. Do they fit that stuff? Bob is phenomenal. And today he published and he's been going position by position to kind of look at some of the top options uh, in this particular uh, free agent class over the last two or three weeks and it's been great to read those and get apprised of exactly what the Broncos are facing in this particular free agent period. But today, Zach, I want to run through this with you. A couple of the names that uh, Bob mentioned, by the way, headline Broncos top free agent options offense. And by the way, this does not include the, the only position offensively doesn't include here is quarterback because he's going to make a specific feature uh, for that. But let me, let me run by you a few names here. All right. At running back, what about Ronald Jones II, Zach, your thoughts? Let me just read to you real quick what Bob said. Though he never lived up to expectation in his four seasons with the Bucks, he'll be just 25 years old, and given his underwhelming performance thus far, could be, should be inexpensive. What are your thoughts? Or, or is it, don't spend money on free agents. You've got Javante Williams. I, I mean, it's stop after the first sentence. Though he never lived up to expectation. Why would I want that guy? Why would I waste the money when I have Javante and Mike Boone? I mean, who is, was pretty damn good in limited opportunity. Javante is the future. I, I, I just don't understand the need or the emphasis at running back. Yeah, you probably have to pick up one if you don't re-sign Melvin Gordon, but does it have to be Ronald Jones? I mean, that's Yeah, he was, he was always a little – very talented, but never could quite put it all together, even at USC. Um, let's look at wide receivers. Now, look, this is a position of strength. Honestly, the Broncos don't really need to go spend any money at wide receiver, and if they do – I'm more inclined to say, hey, you know, go find a guy that's pretty good at being a wide out and who can return some punts and kicks with some dynamic, you know, uh, returns. But he brings up Devontae Adams. There's also, uh, he says here, there could be an argument for adding a cheaper wide out 
And another Packers guy, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, could be worth a look. But to me, Zach, when we talk about running back and wide receiver in particular, and Bob's just going through the offense here, right? He's just listing a couple options uh, offensively. I just don't think either position, and that includes tight end too for what it's worth, unless you're going to go get a really good blocker. These are positions of strength for the Broncos offensively, which kind of makes you crazy when you think about it. You're like, wait a minute. You could you dismiss the notion of spending any money in free agency because you think you're that good at those positions? Well, you guys forget how many games you won last year? You need the quarterback. The quarterback, Zach, is the missing piece to this whole thing. Yeah, the thing about MVS, though, is I, I do like him, but you, the, the receiver, Rich, they don't have a receiver that's a true deep threat. And if KJ doesn't come back fully healthy from his knee injury, you need that deep threat. That's not Cortland Sutton. That's not Tim Patrick. For the most part, that's not Jerry Judy. That's MVS. I think he's going to warrant more money than the Broncos are willing to spend, considering, though, they've invested already in Cortland and Tim Patrick. So I do like the idea that Bob's going with there, is getting that guy that can take the top off the defense. They don't really have him if they don't have KJ Hamler. So I wouldn't be opposed to that. A quick message here, Uh, public service announcement for EDJ in the chat. Uh, The solution here is very simple, my friend. Stop typing in caps in all caps, all right? It's disruptive. So if you don't want to be – if you want to actually contribute to the conversation and not get muted, it's just the solution simple, big dog. Stop typing in all caps. Stop yelling at us. And you won't get (laughs) muted. All right. Lawrence says an off-season magic happening. Uh, any off-season magic happening at MHH this off-season? How you guys, dude? It's it's mile high magic every day at MHH Central. Trust on that. We're doing great. We're doing great, bro. We're looking forward to uh, our meet and greet at the draft here in the very near future. It's going to be a gas. More information on that to come. Um, Zach, tied in. Now, if you're going to go out there and spend, I'd prefer the Broncos go get someone who can block. But there are a few interesting names. One of whom you've spent some time covering on the Cowboy Beat. Uh, what are your thoughts on any of these names, spending money at tight end, and especially knowing you got Albert Okwebunam and Noah Fant? Yeah, I'm pretty good with them. And if you want to bring back a blocking tight end, I think Saubert was pretty good in that role last year. I don't know. If, is he a free agent? Was he on one? Yes. Okay, so, I mean, he wouldn't cost more than a couple million bucks. So I would be fine bringing him back as the blocker. You're not going to get a shot at Schultz, who's going to be massively overpaid. I think PFF projected $52 million over four years. That's, you have a first-rounder in Noah Fant. Albert O looked really good. I, I hope he can stay healthy. Um, I do like Mike Jasicki, though, for Miami. That's a true playmaking tight end who can uh, stretch the seams, but he's going to be paid a pretty penny as well. And if Mike McDaniel in Miami was smart, he looked to bring him back because he can be that George Kittle that he had with the 49ers. So I would look in the bargain bin like I would for wide receiver. If you want to bring back a blocker, I'm good with Eric Sauber, but I really do like Noah Fan and Alberto. So much untapped potential here. I mean, think back to Noah's first year. The same year, obviously, same rookie campaign as Drew. So you had Rich Scangarello calling the X's and O's. I can think of three different games in which Albert Okuwebunam made a huge explosive play. And by that, I mean 60 yards to the house, 80 yards to the house in Houston, or it wasn't even longer than that. I can think of the Houston game, 80-yard touchdown, that he took a short little pass and turned on the Jets, boom, gone. Same thing uh, against Cleveland. Um, there's one more. I mean, none of that was utilized by this past coaching regime. And then Albert Okawebunam, Zach, I mean, golly, this dude can leap over uh, Mount Rushmore himself, you know? 
So get a quarterback. You've got a coaching staff who I can presume and feel pretty confident is going to make a bigger focus out of uh, playing to these guys' strengths, but just figure out quarterback. I do want to see Albert O improve his hands. Uh, he dropped a long pass in week two against Pittsburgh that would have been a long touch. Not week two, week uh, five, I think that was, against Pittsburgh. And it was one of Teddy's best passes of the year, ironically. And Albert just, like, um, butterfingered it. So I want more consistency, but you have the upside for sure. I think Noah Fant's going to be energized playing for a new coaching staff that's going to hopefully get him the ball. They have a new tight ends coach. Is it Jake Moreland, Justin Moreland? Uh, I think it's Jake Moreland. Uh, so I think there's a lot of untapped potential that you have to lean into as opposed to paying some outside tight end. The Duchess of Mile High Huddle, Michaela Parker. Love you. Appreciate you. you. Can't wait to, to chat with you here in just a few weeks. She says, if I were to spend money for free agents, I'd spend it on edge rushers. Thank you all for you do all the bleh. thank you for all you do, fellas. Love y'all. Seriously, Michaela, thank you so thank much. You. Very generous. Don't know what we do without you. Helping to keep the lights on here and keeping this content coming for everybody, including us. So love you. Thank you. But yeah, I mean, edge rusher. We can take a look at that, but there aren't a lot of uh, big names at edge rusher in this free agent market outside of Vaughn Miller. And Vaughn, guys, I mean, we've talked about it many times. He's probably not coming back here, Zach. There's Randy Gregory, who I feel, I just I really like a lot. People talk about his injuries, inconsistencies, and his uh, background, but he can really get after the quarterback. Dante Fowler is a guy they can sign as depth. I know he's probably past his prime as a starter. There's a couple sneaky names out there, but I like Michaela mentioned rushers plural because they need more than one. So I, this is a position they have to – I mentioned this earlier in the podcast. They have to prioritize this spot. I'm looking for two edges, one as a veteran, one as a maybe the number nine overall draft pick or a first round draft pick regardless. So uh, there's some on the open market. I think they're going to fortify the position. You can, I mean, Fowler, there's Hassan uh, Reddick, who's really good in Carolina as far as I'm concerned. Melvin Ingram played decently in Kansas City. I feel like he can complete the AFC West circle and come to Denver. There's a, a, a couple names out there I wouldn't mind taking a gamble on. I mean, these are all mercenaries, right? These are, with maybe the exception of Reddick, although, you know, if he were to sign with the Broncos, Zach, he'd be on his third team in, uh, what, what, what class was he? Four or five years since the Cardinals originally drafted him. Um, but, yeah, I, I like the idea of, of any of those guys, if we're looking at, like, long-term impact and upside, Randy Gregory. But, again, like as you mentioned, you've got the character concern downside risks. On this list, I mean, Jadeveon Clowney, one of the ultimate mercenaries in the NFL. Uh, Ogba, missed me on him. Fowler, bust. This dude just hasn't panned out. Uh, yeah, the list I, starts to get worse in, in, in quality as you scroll, but I would even mind maybe bringing back Weatherly on a cheap deal for insurance. I mean, he played decently well last year. Well, on that subject, it, guys, it's a pretty long, dense article, so I'm not going to bring it up here on the screen. I would suggest you guys go read it. But Nick Kendall broke down some of the metrics that uh, from last season that, on one hand, you go, wait a minute, Vic Fangio fielded uh, – Alfonso, thank you, buddy. We'll grab you in just one sec. Hang tight. Vic Fangio fielded, what was it, the number three scoring defense in the NFL, and yet the Broncos could not get after the quarterback to save their lives – and he goes through some of that, uh, I mean, worst-ranked rush, worst-ranked 
pass rush in the NFL last year. Uh, I'm trying to remember now. Let's see. ESPN's pass rush win rate, dead last were the Denver Broncos. PFFs. Now this I can actually, I can actually flash. Hold on, let me show you this. This is a nice little. Uh, this makes it easy for us because Nick kind of distilled it in a tweet. So Nick's saying ESPN's pass rush win rate. This is your your Denver Broncos. Whoop. Uh, 32nd. Dang it. PFF's pass rush grade, 61.6, which ranked second from last. And then you get into run stop win rate, bottom five. PFF run defensive grade, bottom third. So that's overall just front seven needs to play better, obviously. And that's I'm looking at you, Shelby. I'm looking at you, Draymond, whoever the linebackers are that this team fields in 2022. But Edge can solve so, so many of the – defensive problems this team has had over the last couple of years is get an edge rusher or two that can even give you Zach a modicum of a consistent pass rush. I, I think Purcell's play has uh, weaned off since he got paid as well. And they lost their two best run plugging inside linebackers in Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson. So it's not surprising their run defense rate would go down. But I think that's more of a Fangio problem than a player problem. If you have the number three ranked scoring defense, but you're not stopping the run well, you're not pressuring the quarterback well, it's more of a scheme thing in my opinion. So um, I, I do th- – I, Shelby has to live up to his contract. Draymond, he popped at some points last year. I think he has pro ball upside. you got to regardless though – you need two linebackers at least because you need an inside guy as well. They don't really have anyone next to Baron Browning that is a sure thing. Maybe bring back Josie or Alexander Johnson, Kenny Young, but you can look to the draft for that as well. But Edge is probably, if not quarterback, the number one priority this year. Alfonso, appreciate you, my friend. Which NFL team would our offense in 22 look like the most? Uh, the Green Bay Packers, <laughs> as far as the offense. What's it going to look like? So look at it like this, Alfonso. Um, Hackett's offense, he springs off the coaching tree of the Shanahan. It's like an amalgamation of the Shanahan-Gruden West Coast offense philosophies, both of whom, you know, it's a little less indirect for Gruden, but more direct for Mike Shanahan, sprung off the Bill Walsh, the originator of the West Coast offense back in San Francisco. So it's a it's an amalgamation. Look at the teams like the Niners, the Packers, the Rams, and the Vikings. Those four teams, what they do offensively, the Broncos are going to try and um, you know streamline into something similar, but they need a trigger man. It's going to look like an offense that was designed in 2022, as opposed to 1922, as in the Pat Shermer era. So uh, it's going to be new and improved and uh, creative. It's going to take advantage of the Broncos' bevy of receiving weapons and Javante Williams' talent. Although, if they bring in Kirk Cousins, it's going to look like a lot like Minnesota's offense, considering they have the former coordinator in Clint Kubiak. There's also going to be some San Francisco elements they've kind of plucked from that tree as well. So I feel like it's going to be West Coast, take shots down the field, uh, outside zone running scheme, and just push the ball and hope to get in the end zone. It could be great, guys. It could be great. They just need a few personnel tweaks to come together. Rodney Garcia, what's your guys' take on rocking the blue alternate uniforms rather than orange for home games? So, in other words, going back to the way it was uh, pre – when did they switch to the all-orange? Was it 11 or 12? It was one of those two years. Uh, but the way it was from 1995 basic or uh, six 
1997, pardon me, uh, until Peyton Manning came, basically. about. I like them, but not as much as Orange. I like Orange for home. Um, I mean, what? nothing exemplifies Denver Bronco football like that orange, man. I like seeing that on the home. Now, mix it up here and there. One of my favorite jersey combinations or uniform combinations, Zach, is the blue he's talking about with the white pants. I love that. Like they did, if you think back to that game in 2015 where they flummoxed Aaron Rodgers and held him to a career low passing yards, 86 passing yards, sacked the Sam Hill out of him. Those That uniform combination is just so clean. I love the way that looks. I mean, I wouldn't hate that as a home all the time look. That's what it was for many, many years. But I'm a little bit partial to the orange myself. Yeah, I'm partial to the Broncos uniforms as a whole. I feel like they have some of the cleanest, like freshest color schemes in the entire NFL. It really in, in all of sports. I love the navy, the orange, the white. I'm cool with them uh, maintaining their, their trend. All right, oi boy, Josh, my bro in punk rock, love you, appreciate you. I was about to buy a priest t-shirt, but I'm a bigger guy, and I wear a 3X, had to settle on a hat. You guys should get patches too. I'd throw one on my bomber. I'd love to see that, dude. We'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do. We're currently in the process. Now, on the on the bigger size t-shirt issue, sometimes in those, um, when if you don't see your size, it's because we are literally limited by our provide what our provider offers. Um, so I'll take a look at that. Zach and I, we we'll, we'll get in the system and look and see if maybe we are missing. Maybe they made three X available since the time we launched the, the the shirt or whatever. But thanks for bringing that to our attention. And I'd love to see a huddle up podcast or MHH patch on a freaking bomber. That'd be rad. Yeah, if we can get you a three uh, X pre shirt, we'll do that. So uh, we'll be in contact. Thank you. Rodney says, <clears throat> pardon me, I'm happy to be surrounded by the best NFL fans in the league and the best two pod priests. Appreciate that, bro. You're a sweetheart. You're a sweetheart. And yes, Broncos country is renowned. One of the best fan bases in all of professional sports. Christopher L. Bush, the PhD. Great to see you, bro. Thank you for the super. He says, I appreciate you guys keeping MHH rolling through the offseason. Your coverage helps close that non-football gap after the season ends. Thanks, bros. Thank you. It's our favorite time. I mean, it's it's much easier to get on and talk uh, on the podcast when you're talking about the game that just happened or previewing the next one. You're never, Zach, running short of inspiration and topics and things that you can break down. Same thing holds true in the offseason, maybe to a slightly lesser extent, but what you get in exchange is it's juicier. You know, we're talking about things in potential. We're talking about rumors. We're talking about, um, you know, free agents. Who are we going to sign? Who are we going to draft? Who are we going to hire? Those things to me are much more captivating, although the games obviously take precedence. For us as podcast guys and analysis, I love January through the end of May. I hate June. I hate July. Well, most of July. Then training camp starts. Yeah, I was going to say there's two slow periods on the NFL calendar. That's the mid-June to late July. That's the six-week period. And then after the Super Bowl, but before the Combine. So you're talking like mid-February. But anywhere in between that, though, and even now we have the Aaron Rodgers drama. We have other drama going on around the NFL with lawsuits taking place and this and that. 
Um, but after from the combine, then you have free agency, and then you have the draft, and then you have OTAs and minicamp, and then then there's that break. Then you have training camp and the preseason. The NFL world never sleeps, and we love being awake with it every single day. So couldn't ask for anything more. Michael, you are an absolute prince. We love you. We love you. We want you to come on the show. So continue uh, marinating on that. <clears throat> Pardon me. And uh, let's let's do it. We could even do like a mock-up, you know, where we schedule a time to have you hop in the room with us without broadcasting. And you can kind of get a feel for what it's like to be in the room talking with Zach and I. And then go from there and decide if it's something you want to try with the lights on, so to speak. It's I promise you we can uh, we can ease you into it. Ron wants to know, my two Bronco knowledge gods, has Drew met or talked with Hackett yet? And does he have the new playbook? Uh, has he been to the facility since the new hires? Um, I'm not certain, Zach, if he's been to the facility since the new hires, because to my knowledge, I don't think he has uh, any treatment going on right now. Um, but it's a guarantee that he's talked with Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. Yes, that has happened. What was said, don't know. Would love to have been a fly on the wall for that. Uh, but yeah. I mean, you got to, if you're Hackett, first of all, you're going to call any and all starters slash starting potential guys to say hi. And if you are the guy that I think you are, Nathaniel Hackett, I mean, listen to those coordinators gush about him. He probably picked up the phone and called all 90 guys that are currently associated with the Denver Broncos, whether rostered or even guys whose contract just ran out and they're about to be free agents. Nathaniel Hackett's picking up that phone's at. I'm I'm pretty sure like I would guarantee Locke has been to the facility in some manner and he's met Nathaniel Hackett and of course he's gotten the new playbook he's the only quarterback under contract as we've mentioned before so yeah they're they're gonna have to get him up to speed so uh, nothing nothing we heard is bad everything we've heard is is so far so good a little bit of coach speak on everyone's part including Hackett out and Clint Kubiak but we'll see as the offseason progresses how Drew Locke does in the uh, in the system. Gary says, uh, thanks for the great content. Chad, Zach, and Scott loved seeing Mark. Yes, indeed. Denver Broncos for life, state of being. He uh, he brightens it brightens up the show. You know, he's a burst of energy. That is faux show. But, guys, we are at 50 minutes, so we got to start winding her down. There's a couple left to grab, and then we're going to say goodnight. Vincent, thank you, brother. Really appreciate you. What about Jameis Winston? Might be a great fit. You're right, Vincent. He might be. And for what it's worth, his draft uh, rival, Marcus Mariota, could be a good fit. You know, back to that question of who could fit the scheme. You know, Mariota could fit the scheme. Not the strongest arm, but definitely he's got that um, athletic mobility in moving pockets and bootlegs to go make some hay for a Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, Jameis Winston, you know, how much did he really – develop and benefit from being under the tutelage of Sean Payton. Some team is going to spend enough money to kind of find out, but because he's coming off that injury, Zach, you're probably going to be able to try Jameis Winston out on a relative discount, but uh, he still scares me quite a bit. He's, he's like, you know, for people who make a mountain um, out of Drew Locke's turnovers, I mean, Winston as a turnover artist is Drew Locke on steroids. So, Careful what you wish for on that front. I feel like um, he's a quarterback that really needs elite coaching to be serviceable as a starter, and he got that last year with uh, Sean Payton. The question is, is Nathaniel Hackett 
his is coaching as good as Sean Payton? We don't know that answer, at least in Denver yet. We don't know about Nathaniel Hackett. And I don't know if he can, if it's even fair to Hackett to voice that reclamation project on a first year coach and not get him maybe a more reliable. I'm not worried about the injury. He's a quarterback coming off an ACL. Uh, those are wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Nowadays. I'm just worried about the, the mental processing. You mentioned the turnovers. He's as erratic as drew lock, maybe even more. So he led the league at interceptions a few years ago. His last year, I think with Tampa Bay, I think you threw 30 in that season. So if you don't like drew lock, you wouldn't like Jameis, but has he improved? Has that knowledge from Peyton and last year, has that stayed with him? Is he going to carry that over? Or in the absence of Peyton, is he going to go right back to being Tampa Bay Jameis? In that case, I'd roll it with Drew Locke for another year. Same quarterback in that in that respect. I mean, we all want to eat some dubs, right? We all want to eat a W or two. And that's Jameis' uh, goal and a lot as well. Of crab legs. Uh, Jameis, this is thanks for the research here from Scott. He says, Jameis, who just turned 28, 14 tutties to three picks last year in seven games before getting hurt. So he averaged two touchdown passes per game and less than a, you know, basically like a third of an interception per game uh, before he got hurt. Meanwhile, Zach, you talk about the elite coaching thing, right? In five starts under Sean Payton, Teddy Bridgewater went five and oh, which much is made of that uh, with nine tutties and two Picks. So that shows you a little something. Five versus seven, I get. But Jameis Winston, significantly more aggressive um, nat- disposition. Like he just wants to push the ball. He wants to make plays. Teddy wants to keep his team on schedule. Teddy wants to keep it buttoned down, protect uh, more so than kind of um, threaten. Jameis wants to be the guy that steps on the throat right away. And I I can definitely respect that. Like there is some gunslinger in Jameis Winston, which I – I think, you know, to be one of the great quarterbacks in the league, you do have to have some gunslinger in you. Has it been tempered? Did Peyton, Sean Peyton, did he kind of temper some of that and help him maybe uh, rein it in some? Because if so, I mean, there's a reason this dude went number one overall in the draft a few years back. He's very, very talented, very talented guy. It's between the years stuff. Yeah, and I feel like, though, if they go for a veteran quarterback, it's because they're platooning him with Drew Locke. And would you want the same kind of quarterback if you go that route? Because Jameis and Drew are cut from the same cloth. Gunslingers, turnover prone, you question their mental processing. And even Alton said in his presser, you know, I value taking care of the football, protecting the football. That was... Uh, perceived as a knock against Drew Locke. So the same would apply to Jameis Winston as well. Among the veteran free agents on the market, it's not a great market. It never really is. He's, like you said, if he's the best one of that bunch, it says more about the class, I think, than it does Jameis. Guys, we are about out of time, but there are two super chats that we are going to grab before we dip on out of here. But we got a rapid fire, starting with Jeremy. Love you, big dog. Thank you for that very generous super he says, give Lance and Eric their own after-hours show. I want to see Lance solo draft, um, a mock draft. I want to see Lance solo draft drunk, you know, with the smiley face. Yeah, you know, he's – I'll tell you what, Lance is a is a fun dude, and he's even more fun in person. He's, yeah. he's a great guy. Um, but, yeah, you know, we'll see. I was going to say, when we uh, had the meet and greet in Denver, we all went out to dinner and, and got some, you know, he's, he's a fun guy to hang out with. So uh, I would like to see that as a viewer. I'd like to see that. <laughs> we'll keep that under advisement. Andrew says, and thank you, Andrew came in late 
Love for my priests and Broncos country. Thank you, big dog. Really appreciate that. It's great to see you, even at the 11th hour. And we have Ron, a definite OG. And at such, I mean, the respect I have for this man is uh, formidable. Hopped on an airplane from somewhere. Well, I know the state, so I'm not going to reveal exactly where he lives unless he wanted to. But way out east and way out in the south, hopped on a plane for the meet and greet, came out, hung out with us both before the game, came in, hung out after the game. Ron, we need to get you on the show for a true superstar segment. I, I think we had you on for the gut reaction at the Jets game, but let's get you on a true superstar segment, bro. It'd be fun. Send me an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Let's get that scheduled on Wednesday. Ron, hey guys, long time. How quickly do you think Hackett can turn Locke and this offense around, and what is your points-per-game prediction next season? Also, who will be the biggest benefactor of Evero's That's defense? a good question. Why don't you, uh, Zach, why don't you Man. tackle that second question first, and then we'll grab his uh, Hackett-Locke stuff. Man, Ron, you you always bring the most like thought provoking question, and I love that. It's 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 it gets repetitive talking about Drew Lock, Aaron Rodgers every time. So to bring a question like that, I I do appreciate. Um, considering Evero was a assistant or he was the secondary coach, I'm looking at Patrick Sertan the second as being the biggest benefactor. He was arguably robbed as a, uh, a Pro Bowler and maybe even an All Pro candidate this year. Uh, but I think he's going to be that under Evero's guidance. And I think uh, the secondary as a whole, maybe Caden Stearns at safety, maybe getting more out of Simmons. I'm just looking, considering what Evero wants to do, how aggressive he wants to be. I'm looking for everyone involved to get more turnovers, to get more sacks, to uh, get the football back and create havoc. And the secondary, I think, as a whole will benefit from that. So it's more ball hawking for me from Simmons and uh, PS2. Absolutely. Um, how quickly could Hackett turn lock in the offense around? I think quicker than, you know, I don't want to get out over my skis just because, you know, we kind of been there, done that in the 2020 off season, you know, when Locke went four and one, there were some warts to his four and one, but like we were so excited about the prospect of Locke being the guy uh, kind of unchallenged starter that, you know, maybe there were times we got a little carried away at our predictions and whatnot. I think that if Nathaniel Hackett is the coach the Broncos think he is, and they do indeed turn to Drew Locke to be the starter for whatever reason, I think you're going to see the best version of Drew Locke you've seen. What does that look like? I don't know, dude. And I don't have a points-per-game prediction. It's got to get north of 23 for the first time in a long time since 2014. Uh, if you really want to be a factor in the AFC West, you've got to move the needle offensively beyond 23 points per game. Uh, but I think you will, if the Broncos have to turn to Drew, I'm very bullish that you will see the best version that you've seen of Drew Locke, just because I think that's the caliber of guy coach that Hackett is, uh, Clint Kubiak. Don't know yet on Justin Outen. You know, I'm not sure quite yet what to make of him. He was an offensive lineman, coached O-line, protections, then tight ends. Even he admitted the other day, you know, I got to get more acquainted with quarterbacks and stuff. I'm a little bit – I have some misgivings about how – really what he's going to bring to the table, Zach, um, because Hackett's the one calling plays on game right. day. But uh, we're out of time, though, guys. Ron, great question. Thanks, buddy. Great to see you. Thank you for the super. Zach, you want to do the rundown? We'll get out of here. Yeah, real quick, I'm going to just say, like, I, I think they can get to 23 points per game with Drew Lockett quarterback. I mean, if – 
we all agree that he got better last year in the last three starts. I mean, you can quantify what better is, but taking care of the football and looking like a more mature quarterback, that's growth. If you can grow in a Pat Shermer system, I'm betting that he'll grow in the Nathaniel Hackett system. But if you get that no-doubt upgrade, if you get that Aaron Rodgers, you're talking about scoring 28, 29 points a game. That's an extra touchdown. That's a lot more victories on the strength of that quarterback. So a lot is contingent on one domino falling or another domino falling regardless, under Nathaniel Hackett's tutelage and Clint Kubiak and Outen as well, they're going to be a more well-oiled offense. They're going to be a more creative offense and a more, hopefully a more explosive offense. But that is going to do it for the Huddle Up podcast tonight. Thank you all for tuning in with us. We're off tomorrow and Saturday, back on Sunday, same time, same place. But in the meantime, follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. If you want a beanie like I'm wearing, a hat like Chad's wearing, a coffee cup, a football pre-shirt like we talked about earlier, go to huddleuppod.com and get yourself one right now. And also go to facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod. Like that page, follow that page. If you haven't, guys, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every single month. But if you can't do those things, please, guys, do these three things. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. We appreciate it, guys. We really do. Also, big appreciations to Dylan for helping us moderate the chat. You're awesome, bro. Uh, Shout out to these great supporters on Facebook. Michael Ronquillo at the top tonight. Surprise, surprise. Joshua Mize, Rodney Garcia, Steve F. Armstrong, the Mile Highlander. GLP, Lawrence Rivera, Phil McLaughlin, Marcus Lewis Henna across the pond, and Andrew Baker on Super Chat tonight. Some awesome folks. Uh, Rob Buxbaum, Naj, Travis Blankenship, Mark the God King, who also graced us with his presence. Alfonso, Dave, the Duchess, Josh the Oyboy90, the PhD, the Doc, Christopher L. Bush, Vincent, Jeremy, a.k.a. Black Knight, and Ron Dub, great to see all of you. Appreciate you. And before we dip on out of here, let's show you the updated rankings because today's the 24th. There's 25th, 26th, or so. Four days left if you want to shoulder your way into the top five on Super Chat. Here's your current up to the moment rankings. All right. Pete, uh, pardon me, uh, the DWI guys, which is Ethan across the pond, number one. Now, people wondering, wait a minute, on the evening shows, you might not. You're like, I don't see him super chatting. He super chats a lot, the morning shows. Big supporter of the morning shows. Uh, Dale D-Dub at number two. The Duchess at number three. Corey H has climbed uh, to number four. And then Casey Nickel is at five, knocking out Chris and Zuko. But uh, there's still time yet. The Oi Boy at seven. Pobby at eight. Hey, look, there's even Chad Jansen because I, uh, I threw a super chat at um, – Building the Broncos, I think it was. But either way, guys, if you, in case you need a reminder, at the end of this month, we're going to take the top five finishers on Super Chat. All the names go in a hat, raffle, pull one out, jersey of their choosing. So appreciate you guys. And as Zach mentioned, we're done for the week, but we will see you this weekend for some uh, premium pod stuff. And then Sunday, we'll return for the Huddle Up podcast. Much love and respect to all of you. Than the sound of my voice right now. Appreciate you guys listening, contributing to the conversation. If you're throwing down stars, supers, all that's great too. Love you. 
Yeah, special shout out again to Mark, to Michaela, to everybody tuning in, interacting with us tonight. Have a great weekend, everyone. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.